This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Deserve that. Get a plastic bag. Go ahead and get a plastic bag. Um, I shop at Trader Joe's. I get paper bags, Drake. Thank you uh, very much. Bring your own reusable bag, family. <laughs> you deserve that, Jackie. Jeez, I thought you were an environmentalist. Stupid okay. hipsters always <laughs> reusable bags. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Let Your Voice Be Heard. It's been one whole week. One whole week? But we have. We are so happy to be here. Well, for Jackie, it's been like Forever. three. Yeah. Ten the, years. When it listens to the way <laughs> the blacks will play, we're having a blackity black show today. Talking um, about reparations. Mind your business, Jackie. <laughs> no, we did last week, though. Yeah. It was like we had no structure. Like, no, like two weeks ago when Alyssa wasn't here, it was just Stanley and I. She's over exaggerating no. about no structure. <laughs> it was great. I don't know. You what heard it? Yeah. I don't know. So, what you're yeah. you know about. why she thought it wasn't great? Because my personality was able to shine 100%. Oh, percent I did not say it. That's why we almost got kicked off the air. Want to hear a poem, Selena? Roses are red. You're stupid. Anyway, bully. Um, we're back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. My name is Selena Hill. On Instagram and Twitter, it's Miss Selena Hill. Well, it's Miss Selena Hill. Did I say that right? If you're nasty, right? <laughs> <laughs> Miss Hill, if you're nasty. Um, we're here with Stanley the Bully. Fritz because he likes to bully women. I don't women. think the bully is in my middle name. It should be. And also, I'm not in Congress, so I don't bully women for no reason. Sometimes you, you do know, to I me. I think you're bullying two women for no reason right now in the I studio. think you both are losers and deserve all the verbal abuse I give you because I said so. You deserve but, um, it. <laughs> my name is Stanley, cat daddy, good hair, handsome as ever Fritz, and you can find me on Skonex. That no, doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. You can find me on Twitter. Up oh, There it is, Twitter right there, at Stan. Fritz. I get followed by weird people all of the time. I'm not sure who they are. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at DarkSkinSwindle or on um, Snapchat? Snapchat at DarkSkinSwindle and you'll only see snaps of me biking or snaps of me snapping Selena doing the breakdown. Oh yeah. Um, you can also find me on Scatter Radio where my voice is present all of the time and <laughs> Scatter Radio follows me on Twitter. I was like, oh snap, but they don't retweet me. They don't favorite. They don't oh. respond. Well, why, me, don't you, why don't you take some initiative and yeah. at them? Yes, because that's you don't add somebody until two weeks after they follow you. Everyone it, knows that. Is that the Twitter rule what? that I never knew? Yes. What oh, are these arbitrary rules? Shut your stupid <laughs> arbitrary face, Jackie. All right. Are you done? Your intro always takes like two minutes. Because I'm the okay? man. Miss Deborah loves me. That's the only woman that loves you. Marilyn. And Marilyn. And yes. Marilyn. The I don't two know women. what she sees in me. I, I, no we don't either. <laughs> Jackie's back. Hi, it's Jackie Cohen. I'm happy to be back. Why? Um, I don't know. I mean, for Selena, not for you. (laughs) But you can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Jackie Cohen, J-A-Q-I-C-O-H-E-N. And you can follow me on Snapchat. I thought it was at Jackie Cohen on Snapchat, but I'm Jackie C. Really? Why don't you ever snap back at me? When I snap you stuff, you don't respond. Because I just laugh at you. No, like I sometimes I snap her when I'm bored. I'm like, hey, Jackie, you're stupid. And she um, response I me. had my grandma Snapchat you. She's adorable. An epic Snapchat where she threatened to beat Stanley up. Oh, so she me. is adorable. It was Aww. very cute. Yes. Your family's the best. Yeah, I know. Uh, speaking of families, um, <laughs> <laughs> smooth segue. No, actually, this that that won't be a smooth segue. Um, so we're gonna start the show off talking about President, well, Bernie Sanders, twenty sixteen. We know that he's doing phenomenal when it comes to fundraising. Oh yeah. Um, and he's really doing good. I mean, he's gradually gaining some traction in the polls. That's what she said. He might just be able to beat Hillary Clinton. Probably. 
Maybe. Maybe. But Maybe. Stanley had this brilliant idea to say, why don't we... Brilliant idea? Brilliant. I'm trying to help you pronounce it. Stanley, enunciate, I said Enunciate is your words, Selena. I said, but can you just hush your mouth? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that so, was easy, right? Right. So Stanley had this brilliant idea that... Why, you know, if you look at Sanders' campaign compared to where Barack Obama was in 2008, there are a lot of similarities there. Um, when you think about how uh, President Obama started to gain a lot of, um, he started to get a lot of donations from average Americans across the country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you look at this and a, a number of other aspects that we'll talk about in a few more minutes, it's, you know, this is how he was able to beat Hillary Clinton the first time around in 2008. So, you know, is Sanders on that same pathway? So we're going to have, we're going to take an in-depth look at that. And we'll talk about that here amongst us. We'll let your voice be heard. And you guys should definitely chime in by calling us up 212-650-6903. And then later on in the show, we have a very special guest. Special. We actually have Larry Elder calling in all the way from Los Angeles. Mm. And he's going to talk to us about slavery reparations. So, it might, I don't know. The conversation might not. It's going to be spirited, I, I guess. But I don't think it's going to be depressing. So you want reparations? I do. For? Uh, African Americans. That's what the topic is. Uh, I know what the topic is. I'm saying, do you personally want yes. reparations? I'm waiting for my 40 acres and a mule. Yes, I, don't I am. I think you would know. What you, you probably just <laughs> Snapchat the 40 acres. And I know, like, oh, I got my mule. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then later on in the show, we have a very special dreamer and doer coming by. It's mm-hmm. that time of the month again, and oh, it's not it? my time of the month. Uh, oh, it's oh, dreamer and doer God, time Selena. of the month. <laughs> Thank you for the weird overshare. <laughs> But TMI. Is that, is that <laughs> no, TMI? No. Okay. All right. Well, I'm proud of being a woman. and um, You shouldn't be. <laughs> it shouldn't be. Whatever, Stanley. So then uh, later in the show, we'll have our dreamer and doer, Courtney Rose, who's a phenomenal musician. She's from right here in Harlem. She has a lot to say. She's also an entrepreneur. She does a lot of great stuff. So, you know, we're going on a commercial break. But when we come back, we're starting the show off talking about Obama versus Sanders. Is this Hillary Clinton's takedown 2.0? We'll find out. Stay tuned. Maybe. Sometimes I wonder how I Often, often. Selena's a loser. Stanley just be singing. Staying on a beat. What up, son? <laughs> we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the mother-loving voice of Harlem. Or if you can't listen live, you can check us out on Scatter, mother-loving radio, because they follow me on Twitter, so I like them. Or if you can't listen on Scatter Radio and you can't listen live, you can check us out on the podcast, iTunes podcast what? let your voice be heard radio son but if you can't do any of those things you can come see me in the streets i stay in the streets i stay holding it down knocking on doors talking to people getting phone numbers having events do you know why because i'm the boss you know why i'm the boss because i'm me you oh. know why i'm me because i'm stanley but speaking <laughs> of people who are the boss who hold the streets who get phone numbers and who get things going barack obama and bernie sanders oh my god stanley <laughs> yes oh my so, god hold on. so that that rant that you just did it's kind of making sense now the rapper versus the hipster mm, guess like which one's the rapper obama uh, well of course he's black so. <laughs> <laughs> okay so this is oh this is about obama versus sanders yes. not just you and your facade your of staying in the seat streets i don't know what facade means i I'm mean facade. it means gay <laughs> so i'm offended oh what oh stanley Anyway, anyways, guys, I just came back from a, from a um, Ben Carson campaign speech, so 
I have my I have no respect for myself or my race T-shirt. So, well, I, I mean, that campaign. did you get a Kanye shirt too? Since he's well, endorsing yeah, him, because you know Kanye is also an idiot, as I've been saying for a couple of years now, and he confirmed it when he endorsed um, Ben Carson. But that's not what we're talking about. We are talking about Bernie Sanders and Barack Jaquan Hussein Obama. As you guys all know, Barack Jaquan Hussein Obama had a presidential campaign slash mixtape come out in 2007 <laughs> and at the time no one thought the mixtape or his campaign would beat Hillary Clinton why because Hillary Clinton was the juggernaut person to win they wanted her to run in the 2004 election I think it was but she decided not to do it because no and <laughs> now this time around 2008 George Bush was running out of his second term people were tired of him they were tired of the, tired of the Iraq war they were tired of all the the um the scandals they were ready for something new. And Hillary Clinton said, I am something new. And she was pretty much leading in all of the polls, mm. despite people like Joe Lieberman, Joe Biden, and others, and um, John Edwards, who ended up getting a $500 haircut and using campaign funds to do things that are not legal or okay or ethical. So despite all those things happening, she was still in the lead. And then some black guy in Chicago put his basketball down and said, hey, <laughs> I want to run for office. And everyone was like, but you're black. Like, what? No. What? Secret Service might shoot you by accident because you're black. You can't run for You can't office. make any sudden movements. Yeah. And he was like, hey, man. He put his Hennessy down and he said, I'm going to run for president. Oh, my God. I'm sure it went exactly so, like that. Yeah. Right. That's exactly, that's exactly how it went. That's exactly how it went. <laughs> and, of course, because America doesn't respect or like black people, they just didn't pay him much attention for a little bit. But something happened. All the liberal... White kids in college who have white guilt were like, hey, this Jaquan guy <laughs> hey. is okay. And they started funding his campaign <laughs> and going to his events. And then people who are usually racist hated Bush so much, they were like, you know what? I'm going to do the craziest thing. I'm going to look at a black person like a human being and see what they had to say. And they were like, hmm, this black guy, oh, this is the N-word. I'm not going to say that on air because FCC. Yeah, definitely. He Don't makes some sense. Good job, boy. So then, <laughs> And then... All of a sudden, you had people who had never voted before getting interested in politics, and it was all of a sudden changing the game. And then Barack Jaquan Hussein Obama had this weird coalition of all these different people, and it was growing stronger. Barack Jaquan Hussein Obama, he also had money coming in, because as you know, the way he raised funds for his campaign was with mixtapes. So we sold mixtapes for five, ten, fifteen, twenty-five, and thirty dollars, and people paid for them. And they said, "Hey, Jaquan, this is a good mixtape." And Barack Obama was smart; he only used a dollar per mixtape to pay for his Hennessy. So because he had all this money coming in, all of a sudden Hillary Clinton had to pay attention, and she was like, "Oh my God, how did this black guy get into my apartment? He's gonna steal my purse." Stanley. So Jaquan Obama said, "Hey, listen, woman." I'm not going to steal your purse. I'm not even into white women like that anymore. That was a college thing. <laughs> and before you knew it, he was tied with her in the polls, and then he surpassed her. But now, let's get to English speak. So more or less, Barack Obama came into the 2008 presidential campaign as an underdog who was not taken seriously. His strategy was Iowa or bust. He knew if he could win Iowa, he could build a campaign that would help him win and defeat Hillary overall. Hillary Clinton was the juggernaut person at the time, and there was no thoughts that she could lose. But slowly but surely, he began to chip away at her lead, not just nationally, but locally, specific, specifically Iowa and South Carolina, where it mattered the most. Barack Obama was also different because he had a lot of grassroots support. He had young students supporting him. He had traditional Republicans supporting him. He had non-traditional voters supporting him. And he was raising money from different places. People who were frustrated with Hillary Clinton, people who were frustrated with Democrats, and people who were frustrated with Bush were giving him money. And he had the far-right, the far-left liberals supporting him already. 
So all of a sudden, what became something good in theory actually became practical when he beat her in the Iowa caucus. And even before that, there were signs that he could beat her because he was raising as much, if not more, money than her. If Hillary Clinton raised $32 million in overall campaign funds, about $20 million of that would be towards the general election. And the rest... For primaries, which isn't a good idea because you can't spend general election money in the primaries. So you can't see that unless you win. He would raise $30 million with 28 of it towards primaries. So he had all this money to fuel his field campaign and he beat her. And now fast forward to 2006, white people are like, wait, why do we let a black guy into this house? <laughs> so now they have the eviction notice on his door and he knows he has to leave, but he's still rapping. And oh, another person, a white man, is running for office. His name is Bernie Sanders. He's from Vermont. He claims to be a socialist. He's been an independent in the office for quite some time now, but he's running on a Democratic ticket and he has grassroots support. He's getting big crowds like Barack J. Khan, Hussein Obama was. He's getting small donations of $10, $15, $25, $30, just like Barack Hussein Obama was. <laughs> you know what? He is also catching up to Hillary Clinton in the polls. And this past week, Hillary Clinton raised $28 million in campaign funds. And Bernie Sanders, the hippie um, socialist, he raised $26 million, most of it with those small campaign funds yeah. I talked about which now all of a sudden is having Hillary land very, very nervous. Mm. This is eerily similar to that black guy who stole her purse in 2008. And that is a conversation we are going to have today. Right. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be with Stanley or his alter ego, because <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that's not what happened. But so we get the point. Mm -hmm. We get the point of how Barack Obama... Jaquan. Hussein. Barack Obama. If I accidentally call him that in my head or out loud, I'm gonna blame you. Yeah. But yeah, how Obama um, got to know. But I mean, you make a great point, and I think that you know, me personally, I just now started taking Bernie Sanders' campaign seriously. Like when he first came, I was like, "Yes, Bernie, I'm definitely gonna vote for you for the primaries." But then I'm gonna vote for Hillary, and I think that that was you know a general feeling or sentiment that I shared with a lot of young progressives and oh, millennials. Yeah. And now it's like now that he's raised about twenty five to twenty six million dollars just this quarter, right? And yeah. Uh, Hillary Clinton, who's had all of these big donors in her back pocket since, you know, for a while now, she's only raised 28 compared to his 26. And Just it's like, quarter. hold on, is something like happening? Like, could this actually happen? Yeah, I mean, I think that there, there's a psychology to fundraising that um, is really interesting that says that, you know, the closer that you get to a goal, the more likely you're going to surpass that goal, right? So if Bernie Sanders is $2 million behind Hillary Clinton this quarter. I think that since, you know, this this came out a couple days ago that he had done such a phenomenal job fundraising. He's, like, on her tail. I mean, like, they're almost neck and neck, right? Um, I, I think that, like, in a week or so, we're going to see him even match her because his base is going to get riled up. They're going to say, you know, and I agree with you. I think that for a while we... You know, I always felt like, yes, he is the candidate that represents me the most. I really like pretty much everything he has to say. I'm definitely voting for him in the primary. But realistically, you know, is he a realistic candidate? Probably not. Um, but now, I mean, the whole conversation has changed. And now he's a really viable candidate. Um, and I like this comparison between him and Barack Obama because people said the exact same thing in 2007, 2008. You know, Obama, he's great. I think he's fantastic. There's no way he could win. Just everything stacked against him. Just his identity alone is going to um, work in his, his detriment. But it didn't. It was the exact opposite. It worked in his favor. People really rallied behind him. And once he got that momentum, it just snowballed from there. 
And then yeah. America did something it had never done before, not shoot a black guy for no reason. So, no, I was kidding, guys. They oh. they don't always shoot them. Sometimes they just beat them or arrest them for no reason. Pretty much. But I want to say, like, like, Jack is absolutely right because the question was, you know, was Barack Hussein Obama, his real middle name. Jaquan Hussein. Because if I mess this up, <laughs> or if I start calling him Jaquan, like President Jay, I mean Obama. So, I mean, and remember, uh, this was, you know, a few years ago when Islamophobia was definitely had peaked. You know, it, cl- it climaxed back then. And it goes up and down um, in, our, in our news cycle and, you know, in our national discourse. But his middle name was Hussein. He was young, the youngest president to ever be elected. No, he's the youngest. He's not? Who was no, the young John Kennedy. Kennedy? Oh, okay, okay, okay. So but one of still, the youngest. so young. I mean, one of the youngest candidates running. I mean, right. the youngest candidate running. Right, and he yeah. still only wasn't he like how many how many years in the Senate did he do? Um, Before like two weeks. <laughs> right. I mean, so he didn't have yeah. a lot of experience under his belt. Correct. Um. So and, and again, so and his father was from Kenya. Mm-hmm. You had the birther movement. Like as Jackie said, there were all of these things stacked against him, and it was like, well, he's not going to make it. And now when we look at how when we measure how electable. Bernie Sanders is. You know, when we had this conversation a few weeks ago, it was, well, he's a self-proclaimed democratic socialist. That's not going to fly in America. But now that he has this funding, we're all starting to take him more seriously. And guys, if you want to chime into this conversation, call us up. The number is 212-650-6903 or tweet us at underscore radio. So something that I think... You know, I still don't, I'm not fully convinced that Bernie Sanders has everything it takes to beat Hillary in, um, in the primary. And something that concerns me, I guess, um, that I think, you know, it's going to work against him, but maybe it will work for him. I mean, it's, you know, it's so early yet again. Oh, it's not really that early. We're, we're nearing 2016. Um, is that... One of the biggest criticisms Obama has received throughout his presidency is that he's a socialist, right? And he's so (laughs) not. He's very moderate. Um, But he's been called a socialist time and time again. It's something that the right has loved to launch at him. Oh, this is our socialist president. And here we have Bernie Sanders, who comes out saying, I am a socialist. He's verbalized those words. Obama certainly is not. But Sanders, I mean, identifies as one. So is that going to work against him? Or is it he sort of beating the Republicans to the punch and saying, no, no, no. Yeah, I am a socialist. So. I mean, we oh, can move on and get past that. That's definitely going to hurt him. And it's not because socialism is a, necessarily a bad thing. It's because people are generally uneducated on what socialism is. And there are right. so many different versions of socialism. As Alyssa mentions, anytime I propose talking about socialism as a segment. So how can you how can you even understand it? No, no, that that's absolutely true. And I think that when Bernie Sanders says it, in a sense, um, it, it's more so if you look at his track record in the Senate and look at how he's always been fighting for civil rights and for the working class and for unions and for just average Americans. I mean, if that's what you want to call socialism, I say we need more of it. Then call me a socialist. I just think that that title just has a negative stigma and it shouldn't. You're a communist, Selena. But we do have a caller on the line who wants to let her voice be heard. Miss Deborah, let your voice be heard. Hi guys. How are you today? Good. Good, thank you. I don't I don't I don't know I don't know if there's anybody that I want to vote for. Mm. Hillary's out. I don't I it, that's just not me. Never has been mm-hmm. and it never will be. But it was funny when she thought she was gonna win. But I'm gonna tell you why. <laughs> I'm no, seriously, this is very serious. I'm gonna tell you why. I was thoroughly fed up with her. I don't know if you remember, but when Coretta Scott King died, Mm -hmm. the day of the final funeral, because you know they had several, 
What? Memorial. Oh, Memorial. They were late. Uh, Clinton and Hillary are always late at black people's funerals. They do this all the time. And then, you know, Clinton would get up on stage and, you know, oh, I had a doctor's appointment and blah, blah, blah. They walked in and they walked in late. And not only did they walk in late, but people were so stupid, they stood up. This was before Barack Obama came on the scene. And so they just assumed that, you know, they were going to just sail in. And they walked down the aisle and they waved. They waved. They literally ran for office on a dead woman's body, the wife of the civil rights movement. And they put the camera on the, on the casket. And, you know, the casket's just laying, sitting there, like, with flowers. And, you know, no, no one's paying attention to this. If you're late, what you do is you go to the side and you have someone seat you. And so I felt like if you felt so little of Coretta Scott King, then my vote was never going to be yours. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that, Ms. Deborah. You know, Ms. Deborah, that was a good point, and I'm glad that you did bring that up because I feel like Hillary Clinton has um, had – somewhat struggle connecting with uh, African-American voters in the black community. Right now in the polls, she does lead over everyone, uh, every other uh, Democratic candidate mm-hmm. and with Latinos. Mm-hmm. But the problem is her name recognition. So, yeah. you know, the other candidates don't have as much name recognition. So that's why she's leading. But I think that if you take, you know, a step deeper, if we look at it, um, if we look at it in depth, we can see that. Hillary Clinton, does she really speak to African-Americans in the black community? I mean, the Black Lives Matter uh, movement called her out earlier this year saying that, you know, under the Clinton administration, a lot of policies were implemented that have systematically hurt black and brown people. And her response wasn't as appeasing. It wasn't what a lot of people wanted to hear because it was was political. She was being a politician. No, she was being straight up and it was true. But but they were what they what they said, what they were asking for is for her to take more responsibility responsibility and saying like to, to right. take some more ownership she, to say that you know you're right this did hurt you guys and it did hurt a, a large class of people in our in our country so i don't want to get into a hillary debate because this is about um jaquan and bernie sanders however i will say that why should she have to apologize for her husband's bills she, i mean she wasn't on congress she wasn't in senate she wasn't one of her, his aides he signed the laws but i think that if you have such a direct connection i think that she should have more a more a sense of acknowledgement. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk to Jeb Bush about things that his brother did, right? We're going to talk to Hillary about things that her husband did. I think that, and because we want to know, you know, you have such a personal connection mm-hmm. to these policies. Like, do you support them? Do you support this person because you're related to them or you're married to them? Or do you have your own opinions? But that's not what issue? they wanted. They wanted her to apologize for it. Now, I'm not going to ask Jeb Bush to apologize for Iraq. I'm not going to ask him to apologize for the financial crisis. I'm going to say, are you going to do the same things as your brother? No? Okay, then what are you going to do? And if it sounds like what his brother did, then I'm going to call him out on it. I think those are two different things. They were like, you need to apologize for these things and acknowledge what you did was wrong. And it wasn't her. Well, I do I do think, and then we'll, we'll move on to um, talking more about Bernie, but I do think ultimately we're right and wrong here. I, I feel somewhere in between the two of you. I think that on the one hand, she was very straight up and she was very, you know, she wasn't like, oh, I will do everything I can to change it, BS canned. Um, answer to these activists' questions. But on the other hand, she said, you know, come to me with solutions. But they're coming to her asking for solutions. She's the one running for higher office. She's the one who's supposed to be able to come up with these better solutions. That's why we elect, we have a representative democracy. We elect people to do the job because we might not know all the best answers. So um, I think she sort of, it was a cop out for her to say, well, come to me with solutions for how to fix, you know, race issues in America. 
You know, uh, good point, Jackie. On that note, we do have to take a break. But, guys, if you want to chime in, we're talking again about Bernie Sanders, his campaign, compared to Barack Obama 2008. Are there similarities? Call us up at 212-650-6903. We'll be right back. Shuck it, duck it now. <laughs> we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you were just tuning in, this is me, Stanley We're, Fritz, with Selena Hill and sound, Jackie Cohen. But it sounds like you're channeling Herman King That's now. That's exactly what I was doing. Oh, oh shuck it, duck it now. Call me cornbread. Yeah, he told it. See, I, I, um, Secret Service to call him cornbread because he is an abomination. But no. anyways... <laughs> Cornbread we is good. I am not here to call Ben Carson and, and Uncle Rokas, I mean, Herman Cain, <laughs> embarrassments of African-Americans. Because they are, but that's not important. Anyways, guys, we are talking about Bernie Sanders and Barack Obama. And if you were just listening to before the break, we had a hearty debate about Hillary Clinton and her relations with the Black Lives Matter movement. And it's, community, too. And communities. And it's funny that we mentioned those things because that was also a topic that became pretty interesting during the 2008 presidential election. So if you remember... Black people weren't voting for Obama in droves. Like, they weren't supporting him in the polls. Hillary actually had a lead in the polls with African Americans over Barack Obama for quite some time. Um, It's funny now, in 2015, Hillary Clinton has a lead over Bernie Sanders and African American and women voters at this moment. Bernie Sanders is struggling to collect even 10% of the black vote. A lot of that comes because of his, what a lot of people before were indifference towards the Black Lives Matter movement. A lot of people in the African-American community didn't want to support Barack Obama. Why? Because they felt he had indifference towards the black community and his campaign mm. was ignoring those issues. We know that Barack Obama had this huge moment when he gave that speech on race, which, believe it or not, was actually the speech that made me want to vote for him. Mm-hmm. That was a speech that changed everything for me. And like that's when he we started to see like some changes in the black vote and his campaign also engaged in doing more towards like engaging the black community. That was a change for him. Has Bernie had that moment? Will he have that moment? Selena, I know you had something to say. Yeah, I wanted to say that you're absolutely right. And I think that a lot of people within the black community felt like, you know, Barack Obama back then were taking was taking the community for granted. Sort of how Bernie Sanders has been perceived. Like, you know, that first interruption he got from Black Lives Matter, his response was, well, I've been advocating and doing civil rights since before you were born. I marched with Martin Luther King. And it was like, okay, Bernie, that was decades ago. What are you doing now? And it took that moment for a light bulb to go off within him and his campaign and now he's really starting to push the issues that we care about. I mean the Black Lives Matter movement is one of the biggest if not the biggest grassroots movement across our country right now and everybody's just talking about it and for you to not have a stance and not have an opinion it really did show an indifference and it kind of came across as dismissive like everyone is talking about this you're trying to you're trying to um rally up your base trying to get young progressives and millennials and this is what we're on the ground uh talking about and doing what is your stance yeah there's nothing that young progressives and young activists hate more than old progressives (laughs) and old activists telling them that they're doing it wrong and that they were the ones doing it first um and i think that 
you know, for him strategically as a campaign move, like, I don't care how right he is, right? And a lot of people were saying, oh, activists were mad because of his tone and because he wasn't so respectful and he got a little bit angry. But ultimately, he's right. He's always stood for these issues. He's always been um, on the side of civil rights, right? But at the same time, you can't patronize your base, right? These are people that you need to vote for. And don't forget, Barack Obama had the biggest youth showing at the polls than ever before, right? So if you're patronizing young activists and young voters um, and saying, you know, well, I've been doing it since before you were born and I know, like, what's... I mean, this civil rights movement that we're looking at right now in 2015 is different than in the 1960s. Um, And that is something that Hillary just briefly address where she said in that video, you know, I I know it's different now. I was there in the old days, but I know it's different now. And I think that Bernie should acknowledge that, too, and sort of give reverence to this movement. Good point, Jackie. Yeah, good point, Jackie. If you're tuning in, you want to call Thank you. I know. Your mic is off now. So if you have a point to make, the number is 212-650-6903. Again, that is 212-650-6903. Or you can tweet us at BeHerd underscore radio. That is BeHerd underscore radio. I want to talk about Bernie Sanders, his campaign infrastructure and his response to certain things. I know you guys are falling asleep. Before your eyes glaze over, I will keep it within the purview of Black Lives Matter. He was on MSNBC talking to um, Richard Todd, and Richard Todd said, your campaign recently issued an apology to the Black Lives Matter movement. Bernie Sanders said, and I quote, no, we did not. Well, I'm I'm not going to quote, but he denied that and said that he did not authorize that apology. So that did Mm -hmm. two things. That made... Some people in this campaign feel alienated, I'm assuming, but we know the people in the Black Lives Matter community were like, well, there you go, Bernie. This is why we don't want to support you right, right away. And it hurt his chances, I think, to like create more of an olive branch moment within that community. Now, this is, a, this is an interesting thing to bring up because, as we know, um, Bernie Sanders is having a tumultuous relationship with the black community. So is Barack Obama. With the black community, Selena, you got really excited. I'm yeah, no, please finish your no, no, question. No, go ahead. I can finish when you're done. No, no, it's it was all right. So it was Barack Obama, and then one of the things um, that we really got to give the Obama campaign credit for was besides being a very well-oiled machine, it had great communication and they were consistent in their message. Consistency, consistency, yes. consistency. And it was a very well-run machine. Trust me, as someone who volunteered extensively on both 08 and 2012 mm-hmm. campaigns, it was a very well-run machine. There have been whispers that Bernie Sanders' campaign is, is extremely unorganized yeah. to the point that different like state like offices don't speak, they don't communicate with each other. Well, clearly, if if they're issuing an apology that he did not authorize, yeah. I mean, no matter how right they were to do that, that's a major flaw. Yeah. And President Obama, he, he has said, and so his campaign, people said they knew to beat Hillary, Hillary, they had to run the perfect campaign. And the, one of the simplest things you can do to run a good campaign is to communicate, which mm. is which does not bode well for Bernie. Selena, I know you had a comment. Well, no, I was actually going to say that um, that it was just telling when he when he came out and was like, no, I didn't authorize that. And then, I mean, I know he's taking other steps to mm-hmm. um, sort of connect with the with black and Latinos. Um, but like you said, communication is definitely key when it comes to this campaign. I mean, Republicans have shown us time and time again when it comes to messaging and staying on message, they do that really well. And it reaches their targeted demographic and um, that that wing and the, and the right wing conservative group and that movement. So I think that um, Bernie just needs to take a page out of Obama's campaign and see what the Republicans have been doing for the last couple of years now. And, and he needs to move forward. But. I also wanted to add before we move on, when it comes to reaching and targeting the African-American community with Bernie Sanders, we need to remember that he's from a state where there are a, where there's 95 percent. 
it's 95% predominantly white. So he's never had to take initiative to reach out to African-American and Latinos. And I think that by him hiring um, some of the executive uh, level, uh, executive level people on his staff to be, that are African-American and that are Latino, it is definitely that first step. But yeah. I think this is brand new for him. I definitely agree with you guys on that one. I want to make sure we get our caller in here. Yes. Derek would like to let his voice be heard. Derek, you're on the air. Yeah, yes, good. I, I, in a sense, I do agree with um, the female that just spoke right there. But I think what really damaged the, the connect with um, black Americans is that the President Obama, he never really did represent the real causes and the issues within the black community. You know, in the tail end, he speaks up of, of some of the um, some of the shootings and some of these horrendous, uh, you know, incidents. But you know, this is this is the tale of the tapes, and um, you know, he he's haven't re- represented it enough. He's been too much uh, uh, pro Israel. He you know, he white interests, Caucasian interests, white interests, and um, it just it just really just um, makes us a, a false out of anybody else who comes behind him. And even Sanders, when he speaks on things in behalf of black folk, he's not even taken seriously enough because people does not trust anybody that's in political position to speak for black folk. Thank you so much for that comment, Derek. I would respectfully disagree, but I think I have I, I go back and forth with a lot of people about Barack Obama and his representation of people of color or lack thereof, depending on who you're asking. Um, but that's that's you know what. Just talking about similarities, there is a lot of like reliance or expectation on Bernie to pass through certain liberal or progressive ideals that he may not necessarily agree with. And when President Obama was running for office in 2008, I think those same kind of expectations were felt as well. So when his first two years of office, when he was not making banks, nationalizing banks and putting out single payer health care and getting black people white slaves, people were really <laughs> disappointed. I mean... You're right about that. Um, you're, you're right about that, Stanley. And, you know, to, contrary to what the caller just said, I think that um, there were high expectations for Barack Obama to really reach out and speak and help the black community advance because he was the first and he is the first black president. But I think that if we sort of take those extra expectations away from him and just look at him as the president of the United States, um, we don't we've never put unrealistic expectations on any other president when it when when, when it comes to just reaching out to a particular community, especially African Americans. So I don't think that we would I mean for the for the last caller for Derek to say that, it's like, well what else were you expecting him to do? We've done I mean, you know, Stanley's being funny, but he's done he's taken a number of initiatives that directly help um, African-Americans in this community. So, well, I think a big part of it, too, and it's something I know Stanley has talked about before, is that he was, I mean, it's so amazing that he was elected because the racism in this country exists so much that he was constantly put in this position as president. You know, he had to be very careful about initiatives that he put forward and the way that he spoke and the way that he did them because the second he sort of catered to the interests of people of color, white people would start flipping out and saying, oh, look, like (laughs) the age of white privilege is over. Like we're all, you know, he's going to take over and like take away all our rights because they were so afraid of him. These like crazy racist white people. We were getting a lot of calls today. Miss Deborah actually called for a two-peat. Miss Deborah, let your voice be heard. Hi. You know what? Last night I I heard some people that were going on and on about how all of these shootings are President Obama's fault. Okay, this is how crazy it has gotten. 
I don't know what black people actually wanted from him. I would have liked to have seen more, but he's still president, so you don't know what might happen. However, this is not a chitlin circuit routine here. This is not something that is solely for black people. And until you become president of the United States and you're black, you can't say anything as far as, as far as I'm concerned. You can say whatever you want. I'm just saying, I'm just making that. But, I mean, people are literally blaming him for these, these shootings. And they want, it's almost as if he's become a social worker. Like, they want him <laughs> to get on and, 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 and you know, get and, and pick people up and, and uh, you know, and make them feel better. Ms. Deborah. What? I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but that is the that's the truest thing I've ever heard. People really do treat him like a social worker. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you know, it's his fault. You're and right. He's kissing all those white said. babies. They said it was his fault. They said he was cold. He was, he, you know, he, you know, he he didn't invite anybody. I mean, what do you what do you want? The these people have. I mean, he's he is an attorney. I mean, and attorneys generally, until they know all of the facts, they generally, if they're worth their salt, they don't speak about things they don't know of. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, all you can do basically is say what it is you're going to say. But he is right. Until they change the law, it's going to keep happening. And as for the job bill, I heard John, uh, uh, John Boehner say one time, yeah, the job bill is up here, and we're not going to sign it. Yeah. Now, the president had told us, I think it was in 2010, when that job bill came out, he said, the job bill has been paid for. All Congress has to do is sign it. They will not sign it. Thank you very much for that, Ms. Deborah. And um, I'm sorry we got to take you off air, but we are running out of time. We've got to make sure we have space for other callers. This conversation is going very well. I'm happy about that. And I want to make sure we get some of the comments from people on social media. So people from Sconex, Selena, please read us their comments. So uh, C. Thomas tweeted us. So we, earlier we were talking about and focusing on Bernie Sanders. Uh-huh. And he said he made a, a, a point in point. He said, don't forget it's more. It's about more than Bernie Sanders. You also have to elect the people to Congress to support his plans and goals. Mm. You can't let Bernie Sanders have a lonely landslide. He needs politicians with similar views to move policies forward. And this comment is so important because, like Ms. Deborah just mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, Barack Obama... He did. He when Barack Obama came into office, Republicans made it their goal and almost a mandate to make sure that his presidency was unsuccessful, yeah. even at the even even if it hurt the American people, like the jobs bill is what Miss yeah. Deborah just brought up, and and she's right about that because Bernie Sanders is just one person, right? He just runs one one branch in government. You still right. have to um, work with and get along with other the other branches of Congress, and if that doesn't happen, then and he's almost weak in a way because he can't really get anything done. Mm. That's a very good point, Selena. So we are pretty much out of time. I want to ask you guys one more question. We'll start with Jackie, go to Selena, then we'll finish off with me. And that question is, can Bernie beat Hillary like Obama did? I definitely think so. I think it's possible. I'm not convinced. I mean, I'm never going to be convinced in any real way that, you know, I know who is going to win the presidency 100%. I mean, I, I don't have that foresight. I'm not Nate Silver, I, unfortunately. Otherwise, I'd be a re- very rich person. Um, but I think it's possible. And I think that because of Obama's campaign, I think that Bernie Sanders has a lot of work to do. And their campaign definitely needs to tighten up. Obama ran a near-perfect campaign. Yeah. So he would have to do that. But I definitely think it's possible, especially now with these new funding numbers. Yeah. 
Selena? Yeah, I think that anything is possible, but I think it's way too early in the election to even start making predict- uh, predictions, at least for me. Um, I think, like, um, isn't it true that the third quarter funding usually determines who the winner of the primary is going to be? I'm, or not, is that, sh- I'm like, not sure, honestly. Okay, well, I, I think that we're still in the first quarter. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, most people, especially Latinos, don't even know who Bernie Sanders is, according to recent polls. So, so, oh, God, that was horrible, Stanley. Sorry, so basically what I'm me. saying is, Let's give it more time. But I'm glad to say that Bernie Sanders' campaign is definitely picking up steam. All right, guys. So I'm here to give you the cold, hard facts and hopefully have a nice little closing monologue. The cold, hard facts. Barack Obama at this point was not raising this much money. The cold, hard facts. They both have been raising money from young voters, from unions, and also from small donations. The cold, hard facts. They both have a stronghold of the left wing of the Democratic Party cold hard facts bernie sanders is not barack obama here is why barack obama as we've mentioned a couple of times now ran a near perfect political campaign that's one hillary clinton from day one underestimated the obama campaign and you Mm. could tell that by the way they were fundraising when you see these fundraising numbers you need to understand something one just because you raised 28 million doesn't mean you can spend 28 million why? Because some of that money could be could possibly be going towards general elections. So when you raise that big amount of money, you got to go and look at the numbers and see how much of it can actually be spent on the primaries. And then two, just because you raise a lot of money doesn't mean you can win an, win an election. Because if you don't know how to manage a campaign, you will lose. A perfect example of that is Mitt Romney. A local example of that in New York, we'll say in Brooklyn. It takes about $200,000 to win a city council seat in a certain part of Brooklyn. There was a person who raised $300,000. They lost. They placed fourth. Out of four candidates, they placed fourth. Mm. Didn't even crack 1,000 votes. Why? Because the campaign didn't manage the money properly. So it really doesn't mean anything if you raise all that money if you don't know how to spend it. Also, the Obama campaign, which is being touted as one of the best political campaigns of all time, guess where they are now? With Hillary. Mm. Hillary has known she's running for president for quite some time and has established offices all over the U.S. So she has people campaigning and building her base all over the place. They may not be as excited for her as people are excited for Bernie, but she has that base which is organized. And as we mentioned before, Bernie's base seems to still be quite unorganized. This is not 2008. This is not a Hillary underestimating Bernie Sanders. This is a Hillary who still has not faced a debate against Bernie Sanders. This is not a Hillary facing Barack Obama, John Edwards, Joe Biden, Joe Lieberman. This is Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, Mark O'Malley. This mm. is an entirely different playing field. Yeah. And some of those votes that, that Bernie Sanders would get, Mark O'Malley is going to take. And as far as I'm concerned, as much as I would like Bernie Sanders to win, I don't know if he will. I think Hillary might win, and it may be better for the country if she does. And I know that's going to be a controversial point, but one of the biggest issues for President Obama when he became president was not knowing how to lead from the executive level because he had never done it before. Not having those relationships and not having like the understanding of how things work, so it slowed things down. Guess who don't, doesn't have that problem? Hillary. So you might not get everything you want, but a lot of things can be done because she knows how to do it and she has the relationships. If Bernie wins, I'll be ecstatic. When New York primaries, will I vote for Bernie? Yes. Will he win it all? I'm not sure. But hey, guys, you're not here for my opinions. You are here because you want to get information. And hopefully we gave you that. You know what we think. You have the facts. Go out there and do some more research. Personally, I think Bernie Sanders is an amazing candidate and you guys should really support him. (laughs) But can we do that, Selena? What? Tell our opinion of who we should vote for. Yeah. Okay, great. Bernie Sanders is an amazing <laughs> candidate, and I think you should support him. But 
he's not, this is not 2008. This is not necessarily a repeat. We're probably not repeating history. But on that case, guys, we're going on a quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking about all of the depressing things, shootings, Republicans, Planned Parenthood being harassed again. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. Try to make a next month sooner, man. Fucking spread the shit out. 